All right, everybody, welcome to the Modern Thirst Podcast. Uh, it is International Whiskey Day, I believe. Uh, it's March 27th, uh, 2018. Today we've got a special uh, podcast or video cast for you. Um, typically, we've talked a lot about bourbon, but as you know, we've added Wes Jolly within the last year or so. And Wes is our world whiskey expert, and he's going to guide us through a tasting, a blind tasting of four different Scotch whiskeys. Uh, we've been trying to expand our palates a little bit and, and give a little bit more coverage to other types of whiskey, and we thought this would be a really fun way to do it uh, to celebrate this day as well. Uh, before we get into that, uh, my name is Bill Straub. I'm the editor of ModernThirst.com. You can find me on Twitter at, at Bill Straub. Uh, let Matt and Wes introduce themselves too. Uh, Matt Gates here with Modern Thirst also. Uh, you'll see Bill mostly on the site, but um, I'm around on Twitter, and um, you can find me at uh, Matt at ModernThirst.com. And I'm probably the uh, most, no I'm definitely the most novice here on scotches. And I actually intentionally didn't do any research ahead of time. So I can be the, <laughs> um, the, the novice um, voice here. And lastly, I'm glad that the UN decided to make this International Whiskey Day today. And I'm Wes Jolly. I'm the World Whiskey's writer. And looking forward to going through a series of four different scotches tonight with the group. All right. Where can we find you guys on Twitter? I'm at Gator Matt. It's G-A-T-E-R-M-A-T-T. -T. At West Modern Thirst. Awesome. Uh, before we get into the uh, the tasting, I did want to talk about a, a, a topic that's kind of been hot on the internet today. Um, Buffalo Trace announced a new whiskey, which I'm sure is going to get the secondary market um, all, all up in a, in a tizzy. Um, they have had a thing going on their website where they've asked readers to sign on and describe their perfect bourbon. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and share a, a photo of what they've, uh, what they've decided to do. Uh, let me know when you can see that. It was on there briefly. It went away. But, but yes, they're in introducing a new acronym. There we go. Can you see that? Yes. Yes. All right. So what they found, they had roughly 100,000 people over two years log in and, and vote. And what they decided was that what people wanted was the weeded mash bill from the top floor of the Rick House, about eight years old. Um, and for some God unforeseen reason, they wanted it at 95 proof. I th this thing is going to be thirty nine ninety nine. dollars You're never going to find this on a shelf. I mean, people are going to hoard this and sell it for probably 150 bucks. Um, I think it's the most ridiculous release in, in Buffalo Trace has ever done. I mean, they basically come out with an eight-year-old Weller from the highest part in the rickhouse, which traditionally means it's been burned to a crisp. Um, and then they're going to water it all the way down to 95 proof to take out all of that good flavor that's left in the bottle and sell it to you for 40 bucks. It, uh, the only good thing I'll say about this is that they're not charging you 150 bucks for it. That's a good point. I, to be honest, I was kind of excited about it. Uh, I mean, I just heard about this a couple hours ago when you shared it to but uh, I remember playing around with that little game that they, or what I thought was a game on there. And it was kind of fun, but then it got, got quickly boring. But if I knew it was going to turn into a re release, I think it might've been more fun. But I, I kind of feel that that probably lent it to be just more people playing around and maybe more. Um, I, I, I'm just curious on how they got to this final analysis of this is what people want. I know that if 95 proof is what everyone voted for out of 100,000 people, they asked the wrong 100,000 people because I cannot imagine that's really what bourbon enthusiasts were going for. It is called, by the way, I forgot to mention, it's called CY, 
um, PB, which stands for Create Your Perfect Bourbon. But was it a uh, was ninety five just a compromise, like just an average of what people were saying? Like I, I think it's said in the in the in the literature that that people decided they wanted between ninety and ninety nine proofs, so they put it at ninety five. I honestly think that's probably garbage. They just can't do a, a they can't do a barrel proof Weller because it, it's going to intrude on the WL Weller antique collection, in my opinion. True. Tater's going to tate on this one. This is this is bourbon taters <laughs> are going to line up for this. The biggest surprise for me was the price. I was expecting it to be more than the thirty nine ninety nine. So for I'm retail, a, I'm sipping on a little Glen Goyne ten year Scotch today to kind of prime the pump. So, Wes, what do you think about this overall? Do you think it's going to be? A, you think it's more hype than than substance? I don't know. I'm interested in it. I mean, I saw the label a few weeks back. I did not know that it was being released soon. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, bourbon aficionados out there that like the weeded line. So I think it'll be a definitely think it'll be a hit. And they're even talking about it being an annual type release where they do a different, I guess, variant of this. So I think it'll be popular. I think it'll be a, one that people are hoarding, just like you said. So um, like to give it a try. I fully believe it'll be popular. That's what I, I guess. That's what I don't like about it. I like. I like the idea of them playing around with something and I don't know. I wish there would be a way that it wasn't going to be a limited release when it's just kind of a, um, something to play around with. All right, let's get on to this tasting. I'm sure that's what most people are waiting for anyway. All right. Um, we've got four different scotches tonight. Um, they're all single malts. I'll give you that part. There's no blended scotches here. So they're all, uh, Single malts. There is a thread that connects them all. Uh, we'll see if you can figure that out. I'm not sure that we'll be able to you'll be able to do that. But there there is one thing that is consistent among all of them. Um, there could be finishing involved in the whiskeys or not. So as you're tasting them, um, you can try to speculate on whether you think that there is a it is a finished scotch or not. And then as we go through each one, we'll uh, I thought we would talk about them. Move on to the next one. At the end, talk about what our favorites were and what you liked about each one as we go through them. And then I will do a reveal of what each one is, uh, what distillery it was produced by, and the cost range of that whiskey. So, okay. Are you ready to start off with A? I am. Letter A. And uh, Wes uh, was here in Louisville for the Bourbon Classic, so he left uh, Matt and I each with some uh, with four sample bottles. So uh, that's how this came to be. Hmm. I almost get a little uh, little fruit on that, maybe a almost a licorice on there. Less peaty than I expected. I mean, I mean, I'm sure we'll probably go down the line on that, but possible I mean, there's a fruitiness i am not a i'm by no means a, a scotch expert i'm still in the novice category um what i haven't gone through is is down much of the isla route and, and gotten a lot of the peat into it i've really kind of stayed away from that so far but i'm not getting a ton of that on the nose here and you'd be right on that this is not a peated whiskey i'm getting what else something and it's not it's almost, you know, it might be the finish. It might be kind of a, a rum cask or a Caribbean cask type of thing. Because it's almost a little boozy. It almost has that, that 
kind of rum finish to it. I see where you're going with the rum finish. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of a different kind of woodiness than, than our traditional oak. And maybe it is an oak, I'm not sure. Out, or maybe one of those used barrels we saw at Peerless from bourbon. And, but that leads to the next thing I was going to say is I feel, especially on the nose, I, I, I smell a bourbon characteristic in there, but then there's the, just like when I'm filled, there's that scotch finish to it. I don't, I don't get what I would expect to be the, the char and the, um, the sweetness from a bourbon, bourbon finish. I really mm. think this might be a rum finish, I'm, which means it's not going to be anything like a rum finish, but. I'm almost thinking of the, uh, the maker makers, uh, private select with those different staves, but I, I can't say which one. It's a little spicier than I expected it to be. Um, Anything else on the nose that stands out at you? You've hit, you've hit on a couple things in there. Um, you talked about um, this is a, from my understanding, is exclusively bourbon casts. You know, reused <laughs> bourbon casts. <laughs> Good call, man. <laughs> I get a lot of sweetness on the nose. Yeah, there, there, but it's, but but not. That, I mean, that must be from the bourbon that. because it is sweeter than a typical scotch. I don't, I don't get the cereal grains that I normally get on a, on a scotch. There's a spiciness to that, though. I especially get it on the palate, but I can't tell what it is. It's like, like a peppery finish almost. Mm -hmm. I've tasted this one uh, with the, the Proper Pour Whiskey Club, and I've tasted it on my own. And I'll go over. I'll let you guys talk first, and I'll hit some of my notes and what we've gotten with this. And then I will end with what the distillery says, but I will not unveil what it is until the end. So how does that sound? Sounds good. Great. Um, for me on the nose, I definitely get some uh, floral notes, almost uh, like a honey, uh, a waxy note. I almost get a honeysuckle. Yeah, uh, honey wax, uh, a malty sweetness. Both of you said that. I get a little bit of a hay and a grass note on that. Um, when I taste it before, I look back at my notes of what I'd written down. Uh, the distillery describes as light candle wax, sugar, and a, a faint floral fragrance on this one. Uh, for the taste, both of you mentioned a little bit of spice, definitely on the front end. Uh, uh, I get some pepper, and I think uh, you mentioned the pepper note. I get like a honey ginger, like a ginger um, note to it, and some burnt sugar. So still some of that sweetness, but some spice I, added in. I can in. see that. There's a little bit of that sharpness, like like from ginger. Hmm. That's, that's the distillery. I, I spicy and at, at the front, and then honey and sweet on the mid palate. Uh, the, the distillery describes it as a spicy palate, mustard cress, crispness and maritime saltiness um do you get any saltiness in it i do not i do not honestly i get more uh especially as you get towards the finish matt mentioned the the pepper and i do get a, a black pepper i mean if this was a bourbon i would have said that there was a, a high rye content for that finish mm -hmm. but um i get a i get a black pepper a fairly medium to long finish um I can definitely taste the grassiness as the finish subsides, as it, as it dissipates, I get the grains and the grassiness then, and I didn't get it on the nose. Okay. Uh, that. 
now I feel like I get it on the nose. I didn't beforehand, so clearly I'm full of shit right now. <laughs> the distillery recommends, and I can see this with the dryness, a little bit of the finish there, suggesting this with um, seafood, mussels, salmon. Uh, I could definitely see that pairing. Uh, this is a prominent single malt that is used in one of the biggest blends that is out there by two different companies. So I'll get back to that a little bit later on what those are, but mm -hmm. it is heavily used as a blending whiskey, but this is a the single malt version of that distillery. So I just added a few, I refilled my glass a little bit and added a couple of drops of water. It definitely brings out the, uh, the honey and the, the, the grassy and floral notes on the, on the nose, 100%. Any guesses on the ABV? Oh, yeah. I would say 86 at most, if I had to guess. Okay. That, <clears throat> I want to guess higher, but I think it's just that spiciness uh, that's throwing me off. I, and I, being a novice as well, I'm guessing most of these are going to be lower proof than I'm used to on the American whiskey side. I'll, I'll just go with 90 on my guess. It's 92. I am batting a so, so. <laughs> zero today, other than pepper and spice. Okay, set that one aside and let's go to B. All right. Yeah. A swig of water. This, I've never had this as a nose. I have homebrew. It smells like um, fermenting, a fermenting uh, pale ale. It smells malty to me. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, that, that goes right into that. I get a dark fruit on this one. Um, I don't think it's like a port barrel finish. In fact, I can't tell off the nose whether it's even finished at all. It might just be the grains. I was trying, yeah, I was trying to spot a finish here, and I, I don't see it at all. But I know that we should be looking for one. There's a, a kind of a dark cinnamon to it, kind of a almost a nuttiness. You're uh, you're nailing a lot of the notes on this one. Uh, I, I've only um, just recently opened this; have not tasted it with the group. I've only sat down with it one time myself. So most of the notes I have written down are what the distillery says and some of my own recollection, but, um, Bill, your nuttiness and, um, the, the orchard fruits, someone mentioned the fruits. Uh, or, yeah, orchard, that's, a good, that's a good move. Good call on, you know, I was going to say honey, but is there, it's this seems a lot, or even a pear. Yeah. Apple, apple pear on mm -hmm. uh, that cereal maltiness, that sweetness, like, like almost I, overly ripe, overly ripe pear. I get, um, in tasting it, the uh, it, it is heavy on the malty and grain side here compared to the last one, um, and it's a, a bready finish. Um, not finished. The, the back end of the palate is very uh, kind of rich, thick sourdough. Um, one of the descriptors from the distillery is fruit bread on the mm. taste. Hmm. Do you get in on the nose? And this is something that I've just gotten with swirling it here and sit with it. Do you get any pine note? Like any menthol or pine. You know, there's something to it that I, 
I can see where you would get mm. that from. It's not what it smells like to me. And maybe I need to refill my glass because I'm down to very little, so I'm not getting <laughs> a lot of good aromas out of that. But um... I see what you're saying, but I want to call it something different as well. Just sap. I, I don't usually see this note, but the distillery describes it as pine resin. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a pine tarry kind of. It's yeah. not, to me, it's not sweet like I would think of pine needles, but it is like a you know if you played baseball and you've ever used pine tar. There's a little yeah. note of that. It's it's mm -hmm. almost that. Uh, it's the pine smell with a with a bitter the, the tar bitters behind it or something. Like you were to do a, a pine extract and turn it into a bitter. Hmm. It's interesting. On the um, finish, do you get any chocolate? Like a dry chocolate, like it's a maybe the cocoa powder, unsweetened. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, but not not chocolate. Um, not milk chocolate. Very, I don't think like it's a, a very dark chocolate. Mm, I I get like the baking chocolate powder, you know. That's yeah, unsweetened. I, I agree with that. Uh, yeah. It's, but I, I don't get the. I guess the main reason I say that is because I don't think the finish is sweet on this. I think it turns towards the uh, the grainy, the bitter, not in a bad way bitter, but I mean you don't like you would think a, almost like a hop or something like that. But uh, I really get the malt out of it. Um, I get yeah, I get no sweetness really I, at all. I, I get a, a it's it's a shorter finish than the last one, and it's all on the back of the tongue for me, on the back of the mouth, back of the palate. Mm. Um, I, I get a tingle like that. That malt has been. I don't know. And, and I, I also want to say that I, I, again, don't think this is particularly high ABV. So I, I would go with 86 again, but it wouldn't surprise me if this was pushing 90. But I don't think it's a particularly high proof one. No, I think it's lower than the other one because it really doesn't do much. Till, I, I get more on the finish than you're saying, but it's not a, it's not a burn or a bite. It just, I feel like it, it finishes a little, uh, finishes a little, little longer than you're saying. What I do like on this compared to the last one is I love the mouthfeel. It's, it's very mm -hmm. viscous, um, and that, that's that cereal grain quality to me. It is just very uh, mouth-coating. Um, and maybe the tingle I'm getting is that maybe it's slightly higher ABV, um, but uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't taste it to me. You, you uh, nailed it in the beginning, Bill. It's 43, 86 proof. Um, this, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background without revealing it. This is from one of the, if not the smallest distillery in Scotland. Mm -hmm. They operate with two pot stills. Their notes on the nose, now that we've talked about it, they describe the nose as warming and sweet, waxy and nutty with ripe orchard fruits, an almondy fruit cake, malty cereal notes, and aromatic oranges. Ends with traces of brine, smoke, and some menthol and pine resin. That's how they describe it. That's all the nose? Or is that yes, a, that's the nose. Did wow. they just pull out a, a tasting wheel and throw the whole <laughs> thing in there? I <laughs> mean, come on. Uh, for the taste, for the taste, uh, some words you've used. Dense and coating, spicy and sweet with menthol freshness, fruit bread, uh, some clove and orange zest, dry, minty with green apple, some maritime notes, and drying spice at the end. Um, and that on the finish, they talk about drying, coating tannins, uh, some pine, cedar smoke, and dark chocolate. Uh, again, they, this uh, distillery says pair it with seafood, oysters, salmon, 
other seafood Chicken dishes, well which salmon. I can definitely say. Yeah. I, 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 I could, think that uh, maltiness would go really well with a, um, a nice glazed salmon. It, it would offset a, a sweet glazed uh, grilled or baked fish. I would never. I, first off, I hate fried fish, but I. I <laughs> yeah. When you say the smallest uh, distillery, what are we talking about? Would you compare that to a small, um, like a craft distillery here or, or bigger than that? Big, bigger than that, but not on the scale of, you know, uh, a Balvaney or something like that. It's a, you know, with two pot stills, they're not, they're not producing uh, a lot. I think they're running year round now, but it's, uh, they're owned by one of the big guys, but it's a small distillery. Is it, is it one that you, that I've given you to taste before? Because I, the back of that bottle says that it's the smallest commercial distillery in Scotland. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not. Um, the, I think these two are in the running for that title and you have not, um, I did not see any of these bottles when I visited, nor have you mentioned any of these bottles. The one I was thinking of was, it, it, and this is not it because it's not anywhere in the same vicinity in terms of, of flavor profile, but the Edra Dower 10, Edra Dower, um, the bigger distilleries produce in, I think, a week what they do in a year, something yeah. like that. And, and they, they claim on the tube that, that they're the smallest um, commercial distillery in Scotland, but who knows? I, I mean, if they're anything like bourbon, they just make shit up all the time. I have no idea. <laughs> Let's go to C. All right. I'm looking forward to these All next right. year because I don't know if it's my pour or not, but they look a little bit darker. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Ooh, yeah. Fruit on that one. There's Ooh. a there's a barrel finish on that if 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 it follows through to the palate. Red fruits. Almost, almost like like a wine. Yeah, this could be a port wine or even sherry. I I don't think it's sherry, but it could be. I, I would go more with port wine just based on the nose. Mm -hmm. Very sweet. You have some mm -hmm. stuff that is similar to this that we've tasted recently. I'm going to guess you're that talking is... about an American single malt. Because this on the nose reminds me of one of the snowflakes. When I first tasted it, it was that was my first note. Stranahan snowflake. This with this, a different, with sherry, a different finish. I, there is something going on there that's really sweet and it's real fruity. I I, maybe maybe I should have asked this. You said that they all could have a finish. Could they have could they be finished in more than one kind of barrel? Or are we talking about a, a single type of finish for each? Uh, they are all finished in a if well, not all of them are finished. Uh, those that are finished are finished in the same style cask. Maybe a variant of a of that, but um, not. I mean, we're not in multiple casks. You don't have sherry and uh, rum or no, like uh, cognac. Like that, yeah. Okay. I could. So see what are this you... one being cognac? I could. I don't think it's sherry. It's not quite bright I... enough for that. I'm sticking with wine of some sort. I, I almost get a like a cherry very easily. Um, I was thinking cherry, like uh, like you get in a cab sometimes. So yeah, that would that would go to the port. I would say. So, uh, what's your descriptors on the nose? Let's go back to that. Sweet, dark fruits, very dark fruits, like a, a plum, uh, some red fruits, like like black cherries, not as much black cherries, but more like plums, raisins. 
I get a little bit of oak on that that I, I haven't got on the other ones. There's a kind of a molasses, a, a dark sweetness to it. Along with something that's that's almost again back towards the nuttiness, not I said more like a like a walnut or something that's a little drier than the uh, the almonds that I had on the last on the what I have that one on the second one. A little bit of grassiness, little grains. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to buttery. pinpoint it's, that it's a little buttery. Um, there's a there's a creaminess, there's something creamy to it too. I think it, it starts out dry, goes creamy, and then goes to the sweetness. And I, I can't I can't pinpoint the dryness. I, you said wood, and that I, think I don't get the same grassiness as I do on the other ones. I think this is barrel finished, and and that sometimes that throws me off when I'm tasting because I I, I initially gravitate towards that finish, and then it, once I do that, it's hard to kind of pull back and go for the. Um, for the more minute taste, I guess you would say the more precise. Yeah, I, I definitely the more I smell, it, the more I think there's some butteriness to this. Maybe even a hint of banana. There's an underlying tone to this. If you, for those who have uh, tried a lot of different scotches, there's a there's a scotch out there that, if you're familiar with it, the undertone of this. Uh, you're correct. This does have a finish. I think you both kind of uh, keyed in on that very quickly. Um, but it has, you can still taste that um, base spirit from this distillery in this whiskey. Um, some of the notes that I've had, I've tasted this a couple times, scored it with the group. Uh, again, I get that I mentioned that Stranahan Snowflake finished element of it. I won't tell you which one that I think it's like because that gives away what it's finished in. Uh, I wrote down uh, when I've tasted before honey vanilla, an extra layer of sweetness. I put light Cairo syrup almost like with some vanilla in it. Yeah. Uh, the distillery describes it as rich, sweet and creamy toffee on the nose combines with fresh fruit notes. And we talked a lot about fruit, talked about sweetness for me on the taste. I put chewy caramel and cola uh, like, uh, you know, a, uh, a Coke base, touch of char, uh, some toffee, some American uh, malt notes, not as spicy as the traditional scotch in this series. Um, the distillery describes as rounded with vanilla and sweet oak notes with a fruity character that develops with time. Um, I wish the finish was a little bit longer on this. That was one of my criticisms of it. I put soft and yeah. lingering to me, this is a fantastic intro scotch to someone who doesn't know if they like scotch. I think this is a good bridge between bourbon and scotch or American whiskey and scotch. So um, if that's what you mean by that, I would I would say yes, because there's a, you know, American whiskey tends to be rye or corn, both of which are a lot sweeter than than malted barley. Um, even though rye tends to spicy, it's still sweeter than malted barley. And I think that... Um, this would be a good bridge for that gap. There's there's a couple other ones I think that are good bridges too, and I've, I think I've mentioned uh, Abuna to you several times. It's the one that really changed my mind on Scotch, uh, but that's um, primarily because of the finish and the and the and the proof, really. I I um you're exactly right on down the bridge. When you when I show the bottle of it later, you'll see I have about this much left in it, <laughs> because for any of my friends who come over who are bourbon fans, um I 
give them a sample of this to let them try it because it does, I think, bridge that entry a little bit. And for someone who's unfamiliar with scotch and think it's all smoke and peat or Isla, there's a misconception out there that, that all scotch is that way. This is a great uh, whiskey to offer to change that perception. It's so soft and sweet all the way through. I mean, the finish, maybe I get a little clove or something like that, and the finish is, like Straub said, the, all in the front of the mouth. So it's it kind of makes you want some more because it's not lingering, lingering there or giving you the burn in the back. The so only thing we... I was just going to say, this one actually has a better mouthfeel um, than, than B. Um, but if that finish lingered longer... Alliteration. If it, if it lingered a little bit more... Um, I would really love this mouthfeel, but it's great when it's actually, when you're actually sipping it, it just dissipates so quickly. What would you guess the ABV on this? I actually think this one might be a little bit higher than, than the last one. Any guesses? I don't, I don't know. Matt, what? Actually, man, that could be anywhere from, I, I'm going to say between 86 and 92. I feel like I'm not varying much out of that range either. I, they all seem very similar to me. I would, because of the sweetness on this at the beginning, I almost thought it was lower, but. It's, yeah, I, I was going to say at first that it was the case. And the lack of, um, the lack of finish sometimes is the lack of, of frankly, a little burn from the alcohol. But mm -hmm. I still think there's enough going on here. There's enough of a, uh, even the front palate leaves you in, with enough going on there that, that I feel like it's probably at least, you know, 43%. It's 43. We've had a 46, nice. a 43, and a 43. Let's go to D. It's a little easier with scotch because it's scotch tends to be 80, 86, probably 80% yeah. of the, the bottles out there. So you can kind of throw out 86 every time and, and get away with it. Whoa. Butterscotch. Oh, that's a, uh, yeah, that's a bolder nose. I have also not tasted this one in the group, but I have um, uh, tasted it quite a few times on my own. There is a chocolate to this, like a chocolate cake. Dark chocolate. Yeah, at the end, I see that, but it, it, butterscotch just slapped me in the face. And it's... Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. But yeah, all those baking spices are there. And it's it's a butterscotch. It's not a caramel. It's it's a butterscotch mm -hmm. and a almost a fig to it, um, along with dark chocolate, moist cake. What are you describing there? The nose. Yeah, yeah just the nose. I mean, in the those notes are characteristic of something in particular. As you go through the nose and the tasting. Uh, I think you can step your way to it with your with your descriptors. I don't know if it's a finish, if it's a chard. Mm. Mm. Wow, that has a lot going on. I'm going to go ahead right off the bat. I'm going to say that that's, that's the highest proof one yet. You would be right. Oh, that's tasty. 
Oh, I really. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of fruit on that palate. I expected that to be more chocolate, more of that rich chocolate cake. And there is some dark fruit, some plum. Like right at the front of the mouth. Oh, yeah. Mm, that's tasty. Um, the, the sweetness is still there. That butterscotch and, and caramel is still there. Um, there's a little bit of the chocolate, but it's more um, it's, it's more like a, a cherry cordial or chocolate-covered cherries on this one. Um, this is like a uh, uh, some sort of a chocolate candy you get around Christmas to me. Yeah, I get dark cho- dark chocolate mid mid palate on it, and then just as just when you think it's going to die, you get a little bit of alcohol burn at the end. Let's keep going with this. I like this so much. I went and bought another bottle after tasting <laughs> the first time. I could drink a lot of this. This is this is tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like a, by far the, the most mm-hmm. full mouthfeel, the most viscous of them. Uh, I feel like they've kind of stepped up with each one in that regard. I really like this. I could drink yeah, to, this a lot. Yeah, to the mouthfeel, it, it, there's that sweetness. It almost seems like a, um, a brown sugar, mm-hmm. and, um, and then that just continues through. I'm going to read you. I don't have my own notes on this. I mean, I do, but I'm going to read you what the distillery says. For the nose, they write um, toffee, sweet dried fruit, nuts, and chocolate. I think chocolate was the thing that jumped out to everyone almost immediately. Mm -hmm. On the taste, syrupy and smooth, mouth-feeling, blank influence. I won't tell you what that influence is. Notes of sweet raisins and sultanas, honey nuts, rich toffee, and subtle creamy chocolate. For the finish, they put sweet dried fruit, long and lingering. And Bill, you mentioned the ABV being higher. It is higher. Any guesses from either of you on what this comes in at? 50. Yeah, I was going to say 100. Yep. 54.3. Wow. Um, I would say there's a good chance that there, there's a barrel finish on this, and it is. I'm going to go port or sherry, but it there's a dark to the dark chocolate to this that I'm still trying to really figure out where that comes from. I what do guess, you think? I would guess cognac, uh, but I don't get a, the fruitiness of uh, port or. Or that, or even the dryness of the sherry, but I think yeah, cognac's my, my guess there. The only thing I could see is that this this could be more of like a uh, a bourbon barrel again because of the sweetness. But I'm trying to figure out where the dark chocolate comes from because it, it seems like that should come from some sort of either a, a red wine barrel or a very heavily charred barrel. Um, I don't think this is a new barrel though for the for the secondary for a secondary finish. I would agree, okay. with, but it's kind of cool though that it's a um, that it probably is a barrel finish, but it's not the traditional like where you just get it at the end. I, I feel like it's a very uh, complete bourbon or scotch. It is. <laughs> I, it, I it is. It has spent fourteen years in finishing barrels. Wow. Oh. In barrels, so um, at least there you go. Uh, so uh, we let's. Go back. Tell me, um, one, what's your favorite of the group? How would you kind of stack them up against each other? D is clearly and, my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's a runaway on this one. Um, I, I liked all of these. Um, 
I can very easily say D is my favorite and A is my least favorite. Okay. Actually, I think I think we're pretty close there. I think I would go D, D C, A B. I, I, I would like D C B A. I'd probably go D A C B. Um, I, 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 um, uh, I, A and C, I, I like both of those B I'm just now getting introduced to not as favorable to that, but, um, D is definitely, uh, the winner uh, for me. And it's the one I have multiple bottles of. So anything that you think is a thread between all of them, they're all hundred percent malt, obviously, because they're single malt scotches. Anything else you think may be uh, a thread that would be similar between them? I, I think they're probably all, um, and you might have to help me out here on the regions. Um, is it the Highland where there's a lot of Island um, distilleries and they're all kind of seaside? There's a lot of seaside on the Highlands, on the you know coastal Highlands, West Highlands and stuff. They're all, all four of these are from a different region. Oh, huh. I, well, I would say they're all coastal, but um, past yeah. that, oh. it's tough to say. All Only the same age because I... Well, shoot, I didn't even know that. No, I won't say that. That last one's older than the other ones. They're all all coastal, um, except for one. One's a little bit inland. Well, only one had salt in the descriptor. I don't know. Is that a – that normally a – if it's coastal, are you going to have salt more often? Usually on on the coast, you'll get some more of those salty maritime notes. But um, I think I may have uh, gave it away a, a little bit at the end. But the thread between all of them, they're all exactly the same age. Yeah. Well, I, I almost would have guessed that D was older, but yeah. Um, well, so including that 14 years in the finishing. It's 14 years in that barrel. Okay. Yeah. So they're all 14 years. Yeah. They're all 14 years. Okay. Yeah. All 14 year old whiskeys. Um, and what I will do is I'll unveil them going from A to D and I'll also tell you the cost on them and tell you a little bit more back about them. And the correct pronunciation that I've made sure I've looked up to get it right. I'm going to uh-huh. pour these again as you're doing that so that I can. Um, That's not a bad idea. Continue to taste them as you tell me. So I can, can I grain this. Can I ask over. a novice question also about the uh, the peatiness? Um, Lafroig was my only real um, foray into scotch years ago, and that, that was very peaty. And I kind of thought I got into it at a point, but um, got away from it. Um, I don't don't get that much peatiness in any of these. So there's Can you not comment on that. None of these should have peat. The last one, uh, the last distillery has been known to um, potentially have a little bit of peat in their malt, but it's still very very slight. Even though it is from an area where you expect to have peated whiskeys. So I, I just um, reported A and took a sip, and I got to say I, I'm kind of really liking it right now. I bet I'm, this is the same thing I'm going to say to everyone that I pour. But uh, <laughs> this is pretty tasty the second time through, so maybe I just needed to prime the palate a little more than. So um, the first one that you're now drinking, Bill, the distillery was established in 1819. It is owned by Diageo. It is, um, it is uh, Clint Leash, 14-year-old. It is uh, about Clint Leash. Clint Leash, not Clint Ellish, Clint Leash. Uh, it is 95% of it, the distilled uh, Clint Leash um, make is used in Johnny Walker. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. And um, if you are a fan of Compass Box. I do. 
like compass you boxes. have tasted this because it is a base in pretty much almost all the compass box the 14 year wow. or the, just their distillate their their distillate gotcha so um, that I is like it it's it's you know one thing i like about it and what i will say is that of them it is the least distinctive flavor to me um if you were to ask me like which one is the most standard scotchish i would probably say this one What's the um, price so on I can that? understand that being being the base of a lot of other things. Uh, the price on that is sixty to seventy dollars. It is the cheapest of the whiskeys oh. tonight. Wow, right, right around sixty to seventy. So if we like this, or somebody likes this, should they go out and buy some Johnny Walker? Or? Uh, <laughs> I would buy. I would buy. I'd buy the fourteen-year-old myself. So, um, yes. I, I like that enough. So um, our whiskey club gave this an eighty-nine in its tasting. I scored an 87, 88 range for the plenary. I'd be more in the in the 87, even after the second time around. The first time around, it would have been lower. The second time around, I would I would have said 86, 87 to me. But that that's it, why I don't score scotches, because I don't really have a baseline to compare them to. That whiskey, that is from the coastal highlands. It is high. It is far up in the north of Scotland. I'll show you on a map later where all of them are. But that is the coastal highlands right on the uh, coast. The next one we're going to have... Um, is also a 14 year old. It is also owned by Diageo, established in 1794. <laughs> it is one of the classic malts series. Bullet. And one of the smallest distilleries <laughs> in Scotland. Bullet Scotch. <laughs> and it is Oban. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, yeah. Oban, 14 year old. Oban. They have an 18 year old, Little Bay. Uh, they also have a distiller's edition of this. Uh, it is, uh, 65 to $80 a bottle, depending on where you find it. Uh, it is, uh, part of the classic malt series that Diageo has. They have, um, Dalvini from the Highlands, Craggenmore from Speyside, Talisker from Sky, and Lagavulin from Isla. Are they all orphaned, the barrels, or? No. <laughs> they found them just laying around Scotland. They're just... Lost them in a whatever. I won't go there. <laughs> There's probably some Diageo people watching, and I don't hate Diageo. I just hate the stories they try to sell you with their stuff. Okay, the third one, um, established in 1892, owned by William Grant and Sons. Uh, it is barrel finish, and um, you were all around the barrel, but never settled on it. It is a Caribbean rum cask. It is the Balvaney, not Balvaney. Balvaney, uh, 14-year-old Caribbean cask. About 14 years is spent in ex-bourbon cask, and then they finish it in uh, Caribbean rum cask. Oh, you fooled me. It is two different types mm. of barrels, but yeah. not two different types of finishing <laughs> barrels. Uh, I see. Right. Yeah. I see. Uh, so finished, uh, it finishes up in there. Um, to me, this one reminds me a lot of the Quandry Preak Stranahan Snowflake, which was finished in multiple rum casks. Yeah. That's where I get the Stranahan Snowflake connection. It was still have any one. I knew that, but yeah. So that is the to me, this is a great transition intro scotch for people new into it. And I think we talked about sugars in that one, and that leads right to the rum, right? Right, yes, yeah. the sugar and the sweetness. 
The last one's the most expensive. It's a hundred to hundred and fifteen dollars. Um, it is a limited re release, um, and it has just been re-released. I think you can still find it somewhere if you can. It spent um, eleven years in second fill sherry cask, and then it was trans transferred for three additional years in Pedro Jimenez sherry cask first fill. That's Oloroso um, sherry, right? Oloroso, okay. I think, is the first eleven years in Pedro. Pedro's a little bit sweeter. In the Oloroso, and this is Bunahaven. Uh, you need to hold that up there for a long time for me to write this down. Uh, the B8 sounds like a V. Bunahaven. This is a limited release. Um, Pedro Jimenez finish. Uh, it is four, a little over 14 years old, 14 years, three months. This is produced on Isla. Um, they produce a non-peated whiskey. Some will say that they have a slight peat to their malt. Some will say that the peat comes in from the water that they get because the water passes through peat bogs. Uh, I don't necessarily think that this has much of a peat element to it. You're getting more of that sherry finish on it. But Bunahaven, 100 to 115, um, great whiskey. Um, yeah, it's the, I love that. You'll see they've got a new uh, a new tin in their stores. Uh, if you see it with the orange top on it, I think it's the only one with the orange on the top. And it'll say the limited release Pedro Jimenez finish. They've just been advertising it pretty heavily again because I think they're getting ready to do a – I got it right at the end of last year. This was my uh, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, one of those two dram. I called uh, the local uh, liquor store where I got it. They had one bottle left, and I told them to hold it for me <laughs> after I tasted it the first time. What did you say the price on that Oban 14 was? Uh, 65 to 80. Then what was the Balvini Caribbean? Uh, around, around 70 to 75. Okay, that's the one I missed then. So the uh, 65 to 80 translated to Kentucky, because it's not a Kentucky bourbon, <laughs> is 115 uh, minimal. <laughs> And the um, the Bonahaven is Bonahaven. probably one fifty. Uh, I I think the the Caribbean cast is not quite that high. Although some of your things like the 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 Avalar Abuna was a lot higher there in the hundred range, and I get it for seventy five to eighty. I don't think the Balvenie was quite as high. I saw some of these on the shelf while I was there. Their prices may be a little bit higher, but um, not outrageous. Here's a, a, a map, Scotland map, that shows where everything is, just so you get some sense of it. Um, let me see if I can get this to hold up right here. You can see that uh, Clinleash is the furthest north, mm -hmm. the top circle there. Mm -hmm. You come down a little bit to the, to the right is uh, Speyside. That's where Balvenie is. You move down uh, to the uh, west coast there, and you got Oban on the coast and then the purple island down in the bottom isla that's where bunahaven is hmm. on the northern tip of isla so so just uh just so everyone knows next year's um modern thirst get together will be in scotland right <laughs> anyone right we need to start fundraisers support us right? on patreon <laughs> don't 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 go to patreon and think you're paying for us to go to scotland we gotta we gotta pay for the website first. 
this so is maybe, awesome. I this nose on this on this um, Buna Haben is is insane. The more I smell it, the more I just think it it is phenomenal. If if you are an American whiskey drinker and you think Scotch is crap, find some tasting bar or a bar that has this and just let it sit in your glass for a while. You don't have to down it. You don't have to, you know, just do anything it. crazy to it. Don't add water. Just let it sit for a while because the longer it sits in your glass, the better it is. It this smells amazing right now. And when you finish it, let the glass uh, sit, and then an hour or two later, come back and smell the glass. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Oh, that's um, that's really that's really a great aroma, great nose on this. I, I could sure? drink this a lot. I, I really could. I, I could replace an awful lot of bourbons that I drink on a regular basis with this. I chose the right Glen Cairn to put this in. It was your PPWC. Right. Place. I have. Uh, I have. I have two of those tonight and two modern thirsts, so I was alternating to keep them separated. But got a bunch so of is blanks, it... and then my my one uh, pump primer that I mentioned earlier is my modern thirst. But the um, Buna Haven, if I said it right, uh, how are the other versions of this? The non finished. I have not. I've only. I've, I've got the. I own. Let's see. Sitting here in my case, I have the twelve year old and the eighteen year old. I have not opened them yet. I actually started with this finished one. I was planning on doing all three of them, but I couldn't wait. Once I got it, I wanted to see what it was like because I like uh, I like nice sherry finished uh, scotches, and that one definitely fit the bill. Well, this has been fantastic. This was a lot of fun, Wes. Yeah, thank you. The, yeah. When when I saw these um, four bottles in the bag that I was taking home from Louisville, I was happy, and but then when I heard they were scotches, I was a little skeptical, but now I'm very happy. I'm glad you enjoyed them. Uh, I don't think there, hopefully there was not any that you would say you wouldn't want to drink. I think they're all solid pours. Different distinct flavor profiles for something that's 100% malted barley, all the same age. You can definitely see what the, the finishing cast does with the rum and with the, 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 uh, the Pedro Jimenez uh, sherry cask. And you can see what the different coastal, I mean, you've got a, uh, a northeastern coastal and a southwestern coastline uh, whiskey there with definitely different profiles. And you also got a taste of whiskey that is a is a major uh, whiskey for blends uh, in the Johnny Walker and uh, Compass Box world. That's one of the reasons that actually made me go um, pick up a bottle of Clint Leash because I like the Compass Box so much. I wanted to taste one of the parts of it. Reminds me a little bit of the... Um... The uh, rye whiskey you, you left me uh, from um, Bourbon Classic, where it was uh, 100% rye, so that you can you can uh, they, apparently they make the four different single grain whiskeys that you can use to make yes. your own four grain bourbon or rye or whatever you like. Yeah, and you also have that bottle I left you of this, which oh, that's uh, in there. That, yes, that so is good. I, I think that my next video review will be 291 but, rye because it is it's something special. I don't know how they do it in under 20 months, but uh, what is it? Little cast. 16, uh, anywhere from 12 to 16 months. Uh, this version right here that I just held up um, just this last week uh, won the uh, World Rye. Uh, uh, it had won the American Rye about two weeks ago and was just named the uh, World Rye Whiskey of the Year. An amazing, an amazing whiskey. It's tasty. I I've I've uh, put a hurting on put a hurting on the bottle that you left me. Uh, I think you mentioned that recently from a photo I had posted somewhere. But it is uh, yeah, it's it's pretty special. 
you know, we've tasted a lot of different whiskeys that are young, and, and it's becoming more and more in vogue for uh, new distillers to release younger ryes in particular. I guess it, it takes less time for those to, to really become drinkable more than anything else. There's a lot of them that aren't very good. Willis two-year rye, it, it shows some promise, but it, it's, it's just young. Um, the uh, peerless two-year rye is pretty good. Um, yes, and it, it is. It at is. one point, I thought it was the best two-year whiskey I've had. And I had this 291, which is only 16 months, I think it says on the bottle. It it, it blows Peerless away. And, and that's not a shot of Peerless because I'll drink Peerless any day of the week. But this is fantastic whiskey. I mean, they don't need to age it any longer. It's already <laughs> drinkable now. Right. It's definitely. A, and I also have their E-Series, which just came out <clears throat> last fall. Um, they do a special... Uh, release and this is their 100% rye malt whiskey 62.3% 124.6 proof it finished in my top three uh american whiskeys of the year last year it's a fantastic fantastic bottle really interesting i if if i can make it out to colorado sometime in the next year that's that's number one priority for me to visit let me know no i'll go anytime yeah we need to make that happen. Talk to the wives because yes. everything yeah. revolves around the wives for me. I'd Matt got to visit with uh, yes. with Eric, uh, Eric Jett, uh, the distiller there, one of the distillers there when uh, he was out. We got to visit there and taste the lineup. I was just at a, a, at a tasting yesterday with Eric for his birthday weekend. Yeah. Nice. So. Yeah, he was he was awesome. I, I showed up. I, that's the first time I met you. We, we showed up there. I had no idea what to expect, but I was – uh, blown away by the place and the hospitality. So I'd like to get back. Very good. We, we, we will definitely have to plan the next Modern Thirst meetup and uh, we will include uh, Modern Thirst has added a new writer who's become a staff writer in the last few weeks, Nick Krieger out of Houston. Um, so we will start including him on some of these uh, pod, podcasts and video casts going forward. So be on the lookout for Nick and Nick at some point will probably be listening to this. So uh, this was set up long, kind of before you joined the site, so I apologize that you're not here right now, buddy, but uh, we'll get you on the next one, and uh, we've got some stuff coming your way anyway. So um, let's go ahead and uh, call it a night. This is We're, we're pushing an hour here, so um, uh, I want to thank everybody for watching. Again, uh, you can find us at modernthirst.com, and if you like what we do, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Um, it does cost a lot of money to keep a site up and going and to do what we do. Uh, so it's patreon.com slash modern thirst. Um, you can find me at Bill Stra- at Bill Straub on Twitter uh, or Bill, Bill at modernthirst.com if you want to email me directly. Where can we find you guys again? You want to repeat that? Sorry. You can find Wes. Go ahead, Matt. There we go. Yeah, I'm at, um, at Gator Matt. That's G-A-T-E-R Matt at, on Twitter. At West Modern Thirst, and uh, got a, a review coming out. Hopefully, the next review is going to be on American single malts, a comparison of nine American single malts, hopefully, in the next week or two. So, look forward to you uh, engaging with that. That sounds fantastic. Um, I've also got um, for my next video review will probably be the 291 Rye, and my next written review will be the uh, Heaven Hill Select Stock 14 year old corn whiskey. Well, thanks to both of you for this. this. This was a fun night. Yeah. Thanks, Wes. We appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, thanks, guys. everyone, for Good watching. Night. Have a great night.